So, that was loud. Week three, right? Worldviews. Feels like just yesterday we were talking about a young Indian prince who set out to find the reason for and cure for human suffering. But it wasn't. It was like two weeks ago. But um, it's, been, it's been a weird series. Because as uh, Maddie Bellew uh, so kindly pointed out to me earlier, we've read the same passage for, what did you say, four weeks? A little facetious. Totally true, though. It's weird. It's weird to not preach um, from the Bible when you're, when you're teaching um, in a church. But that's what we've got to do. Because uh, the Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say. I mean, it has a whole lot to say about other It doesn't teach us what we need to know about other religions. And um, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit. So for those of you who have been here over the past couple of weeks, congratulations, you're number one. For those of you who haven't, you are not number one. You might be number two. You might, be, you might not even be a number. I don't know. A letter, yeah. We're moving. You're so far down. I'm just kidding. Um, but this has just been a, a weird, a different series. But what I've realized is, um, well, last week, I think Mark told me um, that I was stupid for worrying about um, not preaching from the Bible because there's no way to do it in this series. Uh, because he's an encourager like that, and he loves me. Um, because he literally said it was a stupid problem. Uh, what did you call it? A stupid concern? Yeah, you're a jerk. Anyway, <laughs> what? Uh, nailed it. Uh, I'm sorry. It's been a week, y'all. It has been a week for me, in particular. And what I mean by that, I don't know if you understand my expressions, but um, I've just been through it. My two-year-old doesn't sleep. Last night, I literally, I slept, and when I say literally, like I'm using it correctly, not like most of y'all use it. I slept in her bed, and she slept in mine. And it was, it's been that way this week, and so I've been tired. I woke up last night. Not even wake up last night. I went to shower, and I came out of the shower, and she was sitting on the couch with, um, with just about every bit of hair junk uh, all over her and the couch, and it was awesome. I was just like, you are great and so cute, and I'm not furious at all, um, but luckily Katie came out and cleaned her up because I was, I was just, I, I stopped and I stared at her, and she was sitting on the couch like this with just nasty mess all over her hands doing this, just staring at me, and I was like, you're freaking taunting me. You're taunting me right now. But um, she survived and we survived, but it's just been a weird, that's where my head's at. It's kind of um, scrambled and uh, it's all over the place. But nothing that the Spirit can't overcome because uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, the, the Spirit really has, honestly. I, um, every week I've, I've, I've taught this lesson that I didn't know where to go with it. I didn't know what to do with it, even like up until the point I got on stage and up until the point I said something um, there wasn't really a, a, an outline format that I was going to follow, um, and that's tough uh, as a teacher, and, and, and it's, it's just tough uh, to do, but I, I, feel like, I feel like it was overcome. And, um, 
Anyway, so the, the, the reason we're doing this whole series, if you haven't been here the past couple weeks, is, is that, um, well, first, so that you have kind of a groundwork, kind of a functional knowledge of other religions, so that you can not say, well, I know a little bit about stuff. Like, that's not the point. is isn't to gain uh, knowledge, just to have it. Um, the purpose is for you to be able to, to kind of have a framework that, that hopefully is accurate and hopefully is set up for you in such a way that you can go do your own work. Uh, because we don't have the time. I don't, I'm not smart enough, and, and y'all's attention span isn't long enough to... My, ten, my attention span isn't long enough for me to sit up here for a couple hours and just shovel information into your brains. Um, and so that's what we're doing again tonight with, with Islam. And it's, and it's, um, it's kind of scary with this one. And um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, the, the second and, and main reason, I, I want everybody to leave here um, tonight, past couple of weeks, the end of this series, I want y'all to leave here with a maybe just a thought in the back of your mind of why do I believe what I believe. And, and, and here's, um, I, I, I realize that that might sound uh, like you're questioning your faith or, or you're questioning God, but it's not really. Like, there are two forms of questioning. Like, if I tell Canyon, my, my 11-year-old son, if I tell him to do something and he responds with it, why? Like, that tone and that facial expression um, well, it automatically wants me, like, makes me want to, um, I can't say that, makes me want to not, not be nice to him, but, um, but it, it's, it's like a, you're going to need to validate this for me. Like, I don't see the point in this, and I don't understand why you're telling me to do this, so you're going to need to have a good reason. Um, but then there are times when I tell him to do something, and, it, and it's more of a, a, can I ask why? And then it's more like a, I can, I can understand that you, I, I feel like you have a valid point for telling me to do that, but I'm just curious as to, as to why you're telling me. So that's the kind of, it's not a doubt, and it's not a like, I need, I need you to validate uh, that you're God and that Christianity's the way and all this stuff. It's more of a, okay, I'm confident in my faith, or maybe you aren't, but, but it's just this idea of not simply remaining in a place where you, you rely on your own personal experience with God um, as your reason for why you believe what you believe. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I just feel like God's called us to do more. And uh, Scripture supports it. And we'll look at the one verse that we've been on for the past seven years. Uh, and it's, it's 1 Peter um, 3, 14 through 16. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And um, tonight we're going to cover a, a religion that's um, controversial, to say the least. For us as Christians... Um, but more so for us as American Christians. So, so I've been praying for tonight for the gentleness and respect to, to kind of pervade this entire night. Because there's, I think I've said this, but there's enough 
evil and hatred and, and unedifying and unrighteous um, speech in the world, especially concerning Islam, and I'm not going to add to it because it's not what Christ called me to do. Um, so what we have to do to, to be able to even discuss this is understand that we don't, um, we don't get to make a judgment on people who uh, hate Americans or hate Christians. Specifically, a people who, who have been abused um, by people wearing the same crosses that we have on our steeples and in our churches today. Things like the Crusades um, seem like something that's like ancient history that didn't even involve us technically. Um, and, and, and I mean, people in Britain, uh, people in the UK probably feel that same way because here's what happened. Uh, that kingdom went over and invaded someone's country. And after all the bloodshed and after all the damage was done, they got to pack up and leave. That event and, and many, other like, many others like them, um, they didn't leave the people uh, that they affected. Those stories were passed down from generation to generation. That hate and that bitterness and that anger was passed down from generation to generation. And even so, the majority of, of Muslims don't practice jihad and they don't consider holy war to be a calling on them by God. But when 9-11 happened, immediately thereafter and, and still today, you've got people who, who more than distrust people who even look Middle Eastern, like they might be Muslim. And, uh, and if, if that's you, I'm just, it doesn't make you a whole lot better than anybody who's racist or anybody who's um, judges people based on what they wear. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive subject. And, and I'm speaking as someone who didn't lose somebody in 9-11. Uh, somebody who didn't lose uh, a family member who, who brought down a plane that was that was hijacked in order to kill thousands of people. Uh, but by the same token, uh, if I'm going to make that snap judgment about people, then they have the right to make a snap judgment about me based on something people did hundreds of years ago in the name of Christ, because I'm claiming the same name. So, um, as we talk tonight, um, this might be something that you're not really, you, you might think you're not really going to encounter, um, but there are way too many. I was driving to work um, this morning, and, and I passed a woman who was wearing a Habib, um, and it's just the, the head covering and the big black uh, gown dress. Uh, but, but I mean, that's just between Denton and Little Rock. I passed somebody who, who's clearly a Muslim, 
So to, to think that you're living in a world where you are going to be, and right now you kind of are, you're living in a bit of a bubble, but as you go out, you are going to experience um, interactions with people. I hope you do, anyway. Otherwise, you just, you don't grow if you're not exposed to new things and challenged. But, um, you, and you might have, I don't know, this, this series you might have been thinking, I'm never going to meet somebody who's Buddhist. I'm never going to meet a Jewish person. I'm never going to meet a Muslim person. Um, and I would, first of all, bet that you're wrong, and also um, maybe open your eyes to, to realize that the world is much, much bigger, and it's becoming, um, at the same time, much smaller. Um, different influences from all around the world are, are at your front door. They're, they're right there. Um, and for you to ignore that, as an opportunity to, to build the kingdom, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is kind of um, irresponsible, if I can say that. Like, it's not okay to just sit back and be like, yeah, I guess. I mean, and you don't have to become an expert on these religions. It's just maybe some, some of these key things that they believe. Um, you can find out why Christianity is, is more accurate, is, is better than what they believe. Uh, and with that, we will we'll go into our fast facts about Islam. Um, so it means, it means submission, and in Muslim means a submitted one, uh, submission to God, but also uh, it, it means so much more than, like we submit our lives to Christ um, in every way. Now, for some of us, that way looks like um, going to Uganda to live as a missionary. Uh, for others, it means staying right here and becoming a pastor. For others, it means keeping your job but reaching others for Christ as you, as you do your job. Uh, it, there's, no, there's no formula um, to which every single Christian can subscribe, if that makes sense. Um, with Islam, there is a very specific dress code, um, types of food you're allowed to eat, um, very specific prescriptions for, for um, fasts and festivals, like, not festivals, but um, just times of year that you're supposed to observe as a Muslim. So um, it's, it's, it's a different... It's a different kind of submission, I guess. They know what they're submitting to, I guess. As a Christian, you, you, you know that you're submitting to Christ, but that's about it. You don't know what that looks like later on in life. I, I, could, have, I could promise you, up until the day I said I needed to go to seminary, I felt like God was calling me to seminary, I would have told you that I was not going to be a pastor, ever. Katie and I had that conversation a lot. I'd be like, I think I might need to be a teacher. She'd say, well, you think about pastor? I'd be like, no, it's dumb. Uh, I wouldn't tell her to her face it was dumb, but in my head I was like, that's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's what happened. When I prayed a prayer that said, God, just do with me whatever you will. Um, so anyway, the founder of the Islamic faith is Muhammad, and he was an Arabian trader from Mecca. And around 622, he fled from Mecca to Medina, which, uh, which marked his turning point uh, to, of submission to God and his proclamation of a new revelation from God. So at this point, this is, this is all A.D. stuff. So this is several hundred years after the death of Christ, several hundred years after Christianity had been established. 
Um, there are approximately one point, or just around six billion people in the world who claim to be Muslim. And the secular text is the, uh, the Quran, I almost said Salon. Uh, it's the Quran. They, like Judaism, if you remember, if you were here last week, Judaism, they have one God. No trinity, nothing. You have one God. And um, like Christianity, we have a bunch of similar beliefs. Like, uh, creation and, like about creation, angel, heaven, hell. Um, in the resurrection of people. Uh, to give you an idea of, of what happened with Muhammad, so he's, he's a pretty successful trader um, in, this, in this Middle Eastern, it's, it's Saudi Arabia uh, land. And, and at the time, um, you've got all of these Arabian uh, clans, if you want to call them that, uh, different people groups who are all of the same race, but of different tribes. And they're all, during this period, they're all like warring against each other and fighting over the stuff you fight over land and, and power and money and, and wealth and all that stuff. And so at this point, it's, it's kind of tumultuous for these people. And when he first, when Muhammad first goes out, he says that, uh, he claims that Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, came to give him um, the message of the one true faith. Uh, that was originally given to Abraham and Moses and other prophets of Islam and even Jesus. Because they don't say, they don't, well, we'll, we'll, look, and, we'll look at that in a second. Um, so, being able to claim that they have the one true faith um, that was originally given to Abraham... And, and here's the deal. Uh, Abraham took Isaac, according to the Christian Bible and according to Judaism, Abraham took Isaac to be a sacrifice. That's what God called him to do. Um, according to uh, Islam, Abraham actually took Isaac's, or uh, his older son, Ishmael, to be the sacrifice. So we count it from Isaac down. They start from Abraham to Ishmael down. It's, uh, it's an interesting way to go about things. Instead of claiming the same exact lineage, um, they go a different route. So anyway, uh, being able to say that they had the one true faith of God and that, that Muhammad had it, they were able to claim stake to the same land, the same holy land as Christians and Jews. This took all these formerly warring Arabian tribes and brought them together for one purpose, which was to Fight for the Holy Land. And that's kind of entered the, the Crusades. That was kind of the, the, the fire that started the small ember that started this whole, whole thing. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, the important beliefs and practices. This is, the parallels between Christianity and Islam are... Um, It's not hard to see why people can claim, well, Islam and Christianity and Judaism are all the same. Because of the, the similar, I mean, just down to the Quran, it's almost, it's like the same, approximately the same size as the New Testament. But it just kind of replaces it. Um, they have the five pillars. This is interesting. Um, 
you have to confess that, that there is no God but a law, and Muhammad is his, is his messenger. So to say, here's the deal, to say that Allah, Yahweh, and Jesus, or, and, and, and God for, for the Christians is, is all the same God is completely wrong. As we've seen over the past couple of weeks, you, you'd, you'd be better off saying Yahweh and Allah are the same God, and then the Christian God's totally different, which lends itself to the uniqueness of Christianity, which, which to me makes it more valid. But that's just me. So one must pray um, the Salah, usually five times a day. These are Muslim calls to prayer. Um, keeps an annual fast during Ramadan, which, which marks the period in which uh, Muhammad received the message from, from Gabriel. You give your alms to the needy, and it's 1 40th of one's income, so that's the difference. There's a difference um, between Christianity and, and everything else. It's just, and, and every Muslim must make one pil pilgrimage during life to Mecca. So here's it's a bunch of rules, again. Like Judaism, like Buddhism. You've got... As a man, if I were to say, you need to earn your way somewhere... No, if, if, if I was to say that you, you could receive this amazing prize later on in life, I would make rules. Because I'm a man, because that's how it works. Because you earn what you get. You don't just get stuff for free. Right? You have to work for it. That makes sense to my human nature, to my human brain. All of that makes sense to, in order to, to work for something. Jesus Christ coming to die for me, God coming in the form of man to die for me so I don't have to work anymore, doesn't make sense. Nobody in their right mind would come up with something like that. Furthermore, nobody in their right mind would come up with a, with a leader of a religion who was murdered in such a detestable way. It doesn't, to my human logic and knowledge and, and the little bit of wisdom I have, none of that makes sense. This makes sense. Having to make a trip somewhere for us, halfway around the world. So if you are a practicing Muslim, um, and you're poor, maybe you'll get enough alms to make the trip to Mecca. Otherwise, you're stuck here. And I don't know about your salvation if you're Muslim and you can't make the trip to Mecca. These make sense. Rules make sense. Steps make sense. Freely given grace doesn't make any sense. And all of this, to, to me, I, I don't, it might not help you at all. You might think, well, you're right, it doesn't make sense, and that sucks because I can't believe it anymore. But to me, all of that just lends itself to something that's otherworldly. It's Christian beliefs to, to lose your life completely not just to follow a set of rules, but to give it up completely. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound that great to me. That doesn't make sense to me. But that's what we're called to do as Christians. And I can't help but 
believe that all of these things that don't make sense to my human mind and all of these things that just seem so backwards in Christianity. It just, I don't know, it just, it just helps me. That's, why, that's part of the reason why I believe what I believe. Does that make sense? None of it makes sense. <laughs> None of it makes sense, so it makes sense. If, if, if you, I'm, I'm trying to formulate something that I've mulled over for, for at least two years now and, 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 and say it in such a way that it's not just a bunch of rambling things like I just spent the last five minutes doing. Christianity is not a man-made religion because none of it makes sense. The freely given grace, the absolutely freely given forgiveness, the fact that Christ, who was God, fully God and fully man, that doesn't make sense, that I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, who's also God, that doesn't make sense. All of these other religions make a little too much sense for me. They're a little too cut and dry for me. Because I can't explain exactly how Christ's sacrifice worked for, I mean, I can tell you like the roundabout way, but if you want to get down to it, like I can't explain to you in exact detail how Christ's sacrifice exactly atoned for our sins. And nobody can. And that's kind of awesome to me. Um, we, can, we can skip the next, the basic Muslim doctrines. This is something that's very interesting. Their beliefs about Jesus. They believe, they, they affirm his prophethood, his virgin birth, his physical ascension, his second coming, his sinlessness, his miracles, and his messiahship. They affirm everything that Judaism denies. But you'll notice that they deny the heart of the Christian message. That Christ died on the cross for our sins and that he arose from the grave physically three days later. They believe uh, that a lookalike was on the cross for, in Jesus' place, but during, or, or, but that he physically ascended during the crucifixion of this um, lookalike, which... If they're affirming his crucifixion and they're affirming, like pe- people who had spent years with Jesus were, were present at this crucifixion. So to say that somebody just, who just looked like him was there in his place, um, it's kind of counterintuitive. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Again, like, like that doesn't make, that doesn't jive. Like, how do you explain that? The people who, who knew him intimately, who knew him so well, would be able to go to the cross and see a man hanging there, and they didn't have the, the sweet special effects makeup we have. Like, you can't make somebody look exactly like somebody else uh, in 30 AD. But that's what they believe. They, they believe all of these things 
about who Jesus is, but that Christians took his message and corrupted it. Specifically, Paul um, took his message and corrupted it. But anyway, uh, you can go to that next slide for, for the comparison between Christianity and Islam. Um, lots of the stuff is the same. Lot, lots of the stuff is the same. Lots of the things are the same. All of, a lot of this stuff on this, this is the same. That was an awkwardly... Anyway, um, we, we talked about one God, no trinity. They have a heaven and hell. Um, but I've, I've actually heard rabbis and imams speak of their religions. And there is a hell mentioned in both, but it's certainly not focused on. Whereas Christianity is... heaven or hell that's the big question where are you going that's why Christ came and again why would I make a religion in which anybody who didn't subscribe to it it would be a lot easier to say you know what Jesus is the way but if you don't believe in him you're good anyway it'd be a lot easier to say be a lot easier to say a lot of things that a lot of Christians are saying nowadays about people's sinful lives and about sin and about where, what happens after we die. It, it, it's just uh, here's the deal. I've been harping on the fact that you guys are growing up in a culture that, that confronts your faith and, and asks you questions of your beliefs. But I think what we should be more worried about is the people who claim to have the same faith but are completely ruining the gospel, who are preaching something that's totally counter to Scripture, people who are condemning you for not believing this other gospel that's being preached. I, 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 I'm just going to go out on a limb, and I have no data to back this up, but I'm going to guess that on any given Sunday there are more sermons being talked about God's blessings and his love and his mercy, which is all there, and it should be preached, but almost none being preached about eternal judgment and damnation and God's holy righteousness in making those judgments. You see, what people do is, I can't understand why, why he would let people go to hell. I can't understand why he would do this, and I can't understand why he would do that. I can't quite either. But at the same time, when I say that, I realize that I'm not God. His ways are not my ways, and his thoughts are not my thoughts. So I don't get to make up crap just because I feel like that's what it should be. Does that make sense? Like, for us to sit here and say, well, I don't know. I don't think that that, that thing that it, it explicitly says in Scripture, I don't know if that's true. It's, it's pretty puffed up. That's pretty proud of us to sit here and make, make snap judgments about things that are explicitly stated in the gospel. 
explicitly stated in Scripture. Because we can't understand it. God didn't say, hey, here's a book, read it. Whatever you understand, whatever you get, whatever makes sense, follow that. Everything else, it's just whatever. I told you earlier, I can't explain exactly how Christ's sacrifice um, worked to remove our sins. I, I can't tell you how it makes sense. Nobody can tell you how it makes sense for, for, for God to sacrifice his only son on the cross for our sins. But we're totally fine with that part of the scripture that we can't understand. It's the stuff that seems mean. And to be completely honest, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of, I'm sick of hearing people, well-meaning people, loving people, lie about Scripture because it doesn't make sense to them. I'm, I'm sick of people, oh my gosh, Rob Bell, y'all... If you ever hear somebody say, oh, I love Rob Bell, run away. Just run away. Because he's, 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 <laughs> he's gone. He went on Oprah and he said, uh, she asked him, what is God? And wasn't that the song thing, Mark? Where are you? Okay. He said, she said, what is God? And he said, <laughs> it's stupid. I can't even get it out. He said something along the lines of, God is like a song playing in another room that you can't quite make out, but when you're quiet, you can hear it. Okay. All right. Cool, bro. And he said a bunch of stupid, idiotic things like that that don't even kind of make sense. Not even a little bit. And people eat it up because they think it's deep, it's garbage. And I don't normally, like, I'm not going to stand up. Well, I just did. I mean, like, normally, I'm not going to stand up and, and say well, specific name of somebody. But this is, it's gotten to a point where, where he, he's, he is um, not being held accountable for what he's saying. He's got a group of people around him, clearly, who are affirming all of this nonsense. And he's leading people astray. And I, I, we could, I could have spent three weeks talking about specific people who, who are in the media and who are super popular, who are leading people astray all the time. And I'm not saying they're not Christians, and I'm not saying that there can't be repentance later, but they sure aren't acting like they're unhappy with the following they get because they, they don't preach a gospel that is, that is offensive. And, and here's the deal. The goal isn't to be offensive. But Christ says, anyone who isn't offended by me is blessed. In, anyone who is offended by me is rejected. Here's the deal. Christ came and said that about himself, about his message, about his life. You're going to offend some people. That shouldn't be your goal, and you shouldn't be happy about that. But the fact of the matter is, there are going to be people who are rejecting the gospel. You're going to be fellow believers Who, who reject it. And I'm not... 
If you weren't here the first week, I talked about my, my friend um, who, who I've had a couple conversations with, and he, he's, he started regurgitating all this garbage that he heard. Well, Islam and Judaism and Christianity all claim the same prophets because they're sons of Ishmael. I said, well, that's where, that, first of all, that's wrong because we don't claim that Ishmael was a prophet. But if I didn't have at least a little bit of knowledge about this stuff, I wouldn't have been able to have that conversation. In fact, I might have been, what he had to say to an untrained, to an ear that, of, of somebody else who's maybe kind of not sure about what's going on, that sounds pretty good. They're all the same. All the paths lead to heaven. You're not going to, like, based on this sermon, like this lesson tonight, you're not going to convert a, a Muslim. I'm sorry. You can try. The Holy Spirit could take over and just freaking rock your world. But it's not going to happen from what I gave you tonight. But that's not the point. I think more times than not, you're going to meet people like, like my friend who don't really know, who, who have heard a bunch of stuff that sounds good, but didn't ever do any research for themselves. Maybe that's, maybe that's how you came to faith in Christ. Maybe you heard a bunch of stuff that sounded good, but you didn't really do any research for yourself. Uh, Paul writes, to, writes about these, uh, or actually I think it's in Acts. Um, so Paul was talking to these, the, the Bereans, um, and he commended them. Not for receiving the gospel, not for immediately dropping all of their old habits and going, running into the arms of Christ. He, he commended them because he went, preached the gospel based on all this Old Testament stuff, and they left, checked the scriptures, and found that everything he had to say was true. They didn't just blindly accept it. He wasn't just spoon-feeding them a bunch of stuff that they then took with them and then spread to everybody else. They used discernment. They went to what they know is God's word. And they said, you know what, that guy's right. There's a severe lack of discernment within the church today. And it's because people are mindlessly taking in lessons and, 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 and going and, and regurgitating those lessons that are untrue. And never once referring to God's word. See, this took a whole other direction than I expected. But I don't know if it was from God or what. But um, It's incumbent upon you to, to as a Christian, to, to make yourself aware of the world around you. So that you can engage it for the gospel. Not so that you can have a bunch of head knowledge or win some sort of argument. Or seem smart. It's to engage people in the gospel. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're out in the world. That's one of the things that scares me the most currently about being a pastor. Is probably going to hang out with mostly Christians a lot of the time. That's not engaging the world. So as you leave here tonight, um, 
Maybe consider that. Maybe that's what we should take away from this. How can you engage the world? How can you engage those around you with the gospel of Christ? How can you ready yourself for any conversation? How, can, how, how, how are you going to fulfill that? I'm going to call it a command in 1 Peter. Always be prepared to give a defense. How are you going to ready yourself for these kind of conversations? Because I promise you, I mean, well, some people can schedule times to meet with Muslims and Buddhists. I have a Facebook friend who does that, and he's a super smart guy, but that's kind of what he does. Whatever you do, whatever you feel led to do to prepare, you need to start with Scripture. And then end with scripture. And then have scripture peppered in all the way through. Because without it, it's pointless. Without a knowledge. See, all of this, all of this knowledge that I've been giving you over the past couple of weeks, all these facts and dates and things like that, they're not going to matter if you don't have a working knowledge of scripture. Because you're not going to understand why any of it matters. There's two verses. We've, we've covered two verses, Maddie. So in your face. But, but seriously, we, why do you believe what you believe? Next week, we might answer that question. If, if you have no idea, I'm going to just, like, I'm going to throw so much stuff at you next week. You're going to barf. It's going to be that much knowledge. It's going to blow you away. Because we're, we're covering Christianity next week, and I'm just going to focus a lot on um, the historicity of it and the validity of it. And uh, I hope you are here. But let me pray for us. Um, let me pray for us real quick, and we'll get out of here. God, I thank you for, uh, thank you for tonight. I thank you for, for the series, and I thank you for just at every turn being able to see the overwhelming sense of, of, of your presence in Christianity, that you didn't make a bunch of rules. I feel like I've prayed this prayer every time we've ended in this series. You didn't make a bunch of rules. You sent your son. You sent a part of your... God, I just thank you so much. And I pray that you would allow us to get a glimpse of, of what you've done for us the forgiveness that you've given us, the forgiveness that awaits those who, who, who subscribe to false religions. God, I pray that you break our hearts for those people who think that they're chasing you and are really chasing a false God. To the point where we don't just sit around and, and cry about it or worry about it, that we, we are driven to action to figure out who you've called us to reach, God. I ask that you would reveal that maybe right now to, to who, whomever is, is seeking your will for their life, God. I, I pray that you reveal that to them now. Just show them people in their lives right now that they can reach with your gospel through their actions and their words. And God, I pray that we, you stir us to, to seek this every single day not just when we think about it, not just when we are confronted 
but God, every single day, I pray that you, you stir us and, and set a fire inside of our hearts to know you better through your word and to know how to better engage this world through studying whatever you've called us to study, whatever we need to, to learn. God, I pray that you keep these, these students safe. Um, I pray that, that over the course of the week, um, you just slowly reveal that or quickly. Whatever the need, whatever the urgency is, God, I pray that you just uh, guide us and make us receptive to, to your bidding and your will. It's in your son's holy name I pray. Amen.